before I jump into the episode, I wanted to give a little bit of an apology for last week's episode and the fact that I sounded very breathy. Um, That is because I am out of breath all the time. I went to my doctor's appointment today and everything looks good. Baby girl's healthy. But something my doctor did say is that she's sitting pretty high for how far along I am. And I was kind of like, well, yeah, because I've had excruciating heartburn and feel out of breath all the time. feel like I'm constantly sprinting when I'm just walking, you know, to the store for my car or whatever. So I'm hoping that she'll drop a little bit soon because I know that will help with my heartburn and also help with the out of breathness. But I apologize because I listened back to the first episode and I feel like that's all I could hear was the fact that I sounded so out of breath and that I said like a thousand times, which made me feel like I was back in middle school. So there's a win there. But I guess to give a little life update as well, like I said, went to the doctor, everything looks good. I'm still pregnant. I can't remember if I mentioned this uh, in my episode last week that my due date is actually October 25th. So I've got a couple weeks left. I'm honestly feeling really good. My pregnancy, the second half of my pregnancy has been really good and it felt good. So can't complain too much. I'm feeling really content with baby girl showing up whenever she decides to. So here's to, who knows, a couple more weeks. Um, I do have a funny story about my oldest, Georgia. She's six. I know most people don't care about anybody's kids other than their own. Uh, but this, uh, little thing happened this morning and made me laugh. So hopefully it will make you laugh as well. So we were all in my bathroom getting ready this morning in Georgia, pointed to something on the bathroom counter and was like, is that a Post Malone? And I was like, huh? You know, and I was, I looked over and I'm like, what are you talking about? And I saw that she was pointing to Cole's cologne and thought that was called a Post Malone. And Cole and I both had a good laugh and had to correct her that, no, that is called cologne, not Post Malone, but it's a good thing to mix up. Anyway, I won't talk about my kids and bore you to death, but that did brighten my day today and has made me laugh several times throughout the day. Uh, So today's episode is about social media and how to have a healthier relationship with social media. I've had the idea for this episode for a while. I, at the beginning of the year, started a list of just different podcast ideas. And this was definitely something that I had put on my list. And when I found out I was pregnant, I actually had intended to post on social about the pregnancy and just didn't. And after a while, I was kind of thinking about it of like, why... Am I not sharing? That just seems like something I would typically share. And I just like kept feeling like it wasn't something I wanted to share. And so I've spent eight and a half months really thinking about it. And that's partially why I wanted to do this episode was to talk a little bit about that, but then to, uh, to dive a little bit deeper into the relationship we have with social media. I also was like feeling like I was having a hard time sitting down to record this because 
I felt like I, you know, I have a decent relationship with it. I feel like I have a realistic view maybe. Um, but every time I sat down to record, I just couldn't get the words out. And so I kind of took a little bit of a break and I just started talking to people around me about it. And then I ended up doing a couple question boxes on my personal Instagram, um, to just get some insight from people. And I was just very quickly, almost I'm trying to think of the word, like not like I just quickly was almost put in my place. I think I personally was like, you know what, this is actually like a way bigger beast than I realized in some ways. And this is, I mean, this topic we could talk about so often and there's just so much to unpack there. Um, so I'm glad that I took the time to kind of reflect a little more, to gather some information from others, read some articles. I have like four pages of notes, but I, I'm excited to jump into it. But kind of going back to me talking about not sharing my pregnancy, I think first I want to give a quick little trigger warning about miscarriage um, in case that is something you would like to skip forward to but uh, or skip past. I mean, you know, I had a miscarriage and this is actually the first time I think I've even talked about this to hardly anyone at the end of 2019. Yeah. And that was a lot harder for me than I anticipated. Um, obviously, there's no real way to prepare for that kind of stuff. But I think what's been, I've been grateful for with social media is women opening up more about that. But even still, when it happens to you, it's, it's really difficult and really devastating. And that definitely uh, gave me a little bit of perspective. And so I did, when I did find out I was pregnant, I believe in January or February, I really struggled with wanting to post about it partially because of that, because I felt this weird, I don't even know, like I felt bad because I hadn't like the miscarriage and then to just, you know, put on a rah, rah, happy face that I was pregnant, even though I, I was genuinely really excited. There was this part of me that felt a little bit sad about this other pregnancy that didn't work out, you know, and then I started thinking about all the women who go through this, who, who have miscarriages quietly or, um, you know, they just, they're, they're suffering in silence. And then to see someone post about, you know, how excited they are about their pregnancy or, you know, that can be really difficult. And I'm not here to say you should or shouldn't post any of that, but I just, for whatever reason, I just, it felt weird to me. Like I just, it didn't feel genuine to me in that moment. And then the other thing too, was something about it felt really sacred almost. I feel like for a lot of years, my life has felt a little public. I mean, that sounds like such an over-exaggeration, but I think being a face of my business has made um, my life and my kids and my family and my struggles and success, there are all these things way more public. And I think for the first time, I kind of felt like this is such a special thing that I can keep to myself. I've actually really enjoyed having it be that way because what's been cool is, you know, as I reach out to people or I run into people, um, I've been able to personally tell them like, Hey, this is the new and exciting thing in my life. And 
it's felt super personal and I've really loved that. Um, the downside is I feel like there's a lot of people who have no idea that I'm pregnant that I normally would tell. I just haven't seen them or interacted with them. And so I feel bad if, you know, they've this whole time not known and then they just found out from listening to the podcast or my post that I'm having a baby in five seconds. So, um, it's kind of a, a kind of a weird thing, but has definitely made me think about social media in a different way and think about like how I am on there, how I'm consuming all those things. But I do want to just like dive right into kind of some of my notes and thoughts. And something that was really interesting to me is I took a poll on my personal Instagram. If you, like I said, if you feel like you have a healthy relationship or boundaries with social media, yes or no. And it has been like down the middle, 50, 50 that, you know, people feel like they have a good relationship and 50% feel like they don't. Um, the number one issue that people have is I'm sure you could guess is just the constant comparison that social media has been for them. You know, they're constantly seeing so-and-so's house and kids and life and traveling and families and outfits and all those things. Um, so that was like the number one thing that people said is hard for them about social media. The other thing was, um, that it's become just a way to waste time curing boredom, you know, and with that, they said, like, I don't get much out of it. I'm just mindlessly scrolling, which I think we all, um, are guilty of that. When I was doing some research and reading lots of articles, what I found kind of fascinating is the bulk of the articles were geared towards the effect it's having on kids and teenagers, which I mean, don't even get me started on that. I, I, when social became kind of a thing, I remember really early on thinking how grateful I was that Instagram, it didn't exist when I was in high school. I mean, we, we had Facebook, but I mean, I'm sure you guys remember Facebook was, I'm laughing because what I was going to say is if you want a really good laugh, go back and see your first Facebook posts and statuses and, oh my gosh, like <laughs> it is the cringiest thing. I spent some time doing that a couple weeks ago and I just was so mortified and was like, I am so embarrassing and <laughs> I just want to crawl under a rock and make all of this disappear. Just so cringy, you know, stuff like Jenny is tired today. Jenny is loving life. Jenny is, you know, this or that. It's like, oh, brother. Yeah. So I feel like it was like we used Facebook really differently um, than kind of how it maybe is today. But, you know, going back to Instagram, I just can't imagine what that would be like in high school. Um, you know, you're seeing in real time actual numbers of popularity. You know, you're seeing how popular someone is like that just like, I just can't even imagine what that does to these kids' self-esteem. But then the other thing that I thought about is, like, you potentially see yourself being left out in real time. I feel like before social, right, like, there could have been a party over the weekend that you didn't even know about. And you go to school, and unless you overhear someone talking about it, you had no idea that you 
weren't there, weren't invited, where today you're, you're literally watching it in real time in people's stories that you're not there, you weren't invited. So I just can't even imagine the toll that has had on kids and teenagers. And so it is no wonder to me that there is so much, uh, research and articles and things about teenagers and kids, but there really wasn't a ton about adults specifically, but I do think it's a real issue and a real thing and something that a lot of people struggle with. And that's what I quickly realized is, yeah, maybe the articles are more focused on kids, but there are adults who every day social media is hard for them. And, um, hopefully, you know, we can shed some light on it. Hopefully you can get some good out of this episode. And, you know, I, I always want the podcast for you to feel like you take the things you like and not the things you don't like. That's advice I was given a long time ago. And I, I love it of not everything someone's going to say you're going to love and resonate with, but yeah, take the good, leave the stuff you don't love. So hopefully there's something in here that maybe helps you or you can share with a friend. So one thing I did want to say that I think is, can be hard for people is, you know, especially something like this, like if you know that it's hard for you and you have a problem with it, getting off of it can feel completely isolating. Um, and I don't think we talk about that enough. Yeah. It could be easy to be like, well, if it's hard for you, just delete it, be done with it. But you know, it's hard when your friends use it, your mom uses it, you know, your aunts and uncles use it. They're like, everyone's on there. And so you can, I feel like there's a part of you that could feel disconnected by completely getting off of that. There are some people that I genuinely think that's what's best, you know, and we can get into that, but I do want to acknowledge that sometimes like that is maybe not the most realistic or maybe genuinely makes you feel sad and, um, I think hopefully today we can like get to the bottom of some of those feelings and, and maybe some other things you can try instead of just cold turkey, I'm done, you know, how you can have a healthier relationship with it. Some other kind of problems as we know with it is it's how we consume today. You know, it's where a lot of us find our news and our shopping and our inspiration. And, you know, there's so much that this, these apps are giving us. And so it's, it is hard to just like not be part of it because that's where you're seeing things like, you know, so many people that I have talked to about me being pregnant, they're like, Oh, I never even saw your post that you're pregnant. And I'm like, well, I actually didn't post. Um, but I totally get that. Normally that's where you would see that information and how you're staying up to date, uh, with people's lives. Another thing that I've been thinking about, and I feel like I might have an unpopular opinion in some ways here, but I think it can be really hard to truly show real life, raw, you know, vulnerable vulnerability on social. But I, in the same token, I know a lot of people want to see that they want that from people, especially people with influence. They really want these more realistic But when I think about it, and this is a question for you to think about as well, is how does someone do that? Like, what does that actually look like? Because what I think about is 
someone saying, oh, your family's so perfect, your kids are so perfect, or you and your husband's relationship, it seems like you never fight. How am I supposed to portray that my husband and I fight? You know, like we're mid-fight and I just take out my phone to be like, hold on, I need to record this so that I can show people that we actually fight. You know, and that, I know everyone's like, well, yeah, duh, that's silly. But I do think it's something for us as consumers to think about. Like when we're wanting that of other people, how is that possible to achieve that? And I'm not saying that I have the answers, but I do think it's something we need to think about when we're, um, if, or I should say, if we're commenting to people like, you need to be more real, we need to see more raw and some of those things of like, how, how do you portray that? That's almost can feel a little abstract and difficult, but you know, on the flip side, I do understand how that can be hard for people when they're like, it looks like your life's perfect, you know, and how do I know that you, your kids aren't good. Your house isn't clean. You and your spouse don't get along. Uh, I think it has been cool. The feature of adding question boxes, because I do think that allows people an opportunity to ask some of those questions. And cause you know, 10 times out of 10, right. You ask, man, you and your, you know, spouse, significant other looks so happy and you looks like you never fight. Like what's the secret or what do you do? And every single time they say, oh, we fight. Like that's, we do have hard times. And so I do think that's a nice way to get some of that. But I, I understand how that can be really dif- difficult. I think we all know, right? Social media is the ultimate FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. But what's even more interesting about the app apps. And I should say, I'm mostly talking about Instagram because I think that's what the bulk of us use, obviously Facebook, but I, I am really, uh, referring to Instagram, but what's interesting about Instagram is you have this FOMO, right? You're watching these things happen. You're seeing these people's lives, but then you get off the app and then you almost have this FOMO again, of what are you missing out on because you're not on the app and you're not seeing it. So I think that's a big reason why it is so addicting because you, it's like you're feeling this FOMO while you're on there and then you feel it again when you leave, you know, and I think that's really important to understand and recognize that that's, that is what the app is supposed to do. It's supposed to be highly addictive because the more you're on the app, the more money Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever makes, and they are a business and that is their goal. So they want to show you things that you want to see and that are engaging and all these things. And they want you to leave and come right back. Well, they don't want you to leave, but if you do leave, they want you to come right back. Another thing that can be hard with it is I think it does portray a lot of stress and negativity. You know, it, there's people on there constantly talking about all the crappy things that happen for their day or, you know, this really heavy thing, you know, the, it, and it's hard because we kind of, we don't really get an opportunity to filter what we see, right? Like we can obviously filter who we follow and things we engage in, but we don't get to choose what we see. It just is shown. And then we decide whether to interact. Um, so it can be hard when there are times where I think we're bombarded with negativity and stress of other people's lives. And I, I definitely feel like consuming that over and over and over, you know, isn't, isn't great. Today's episode is sponsored by my company, Fawn Design. 
I'm excited to have Fawn as a sponsor because it gives me an opportunity to tell you guys the cool things that we have going on. This week, we actually launched a brand new silhouette. Uh, We've been working on it all year long, so we're so excited that it's finally available for purchase. It's our new satchel bag that we did in collaboration with Mandy Nelson, if you're familiar with her. She's an amazing mom and photographer, influencer, all the things. You can find her on Instagram, but we designed a a bag slash diaper bag with her, and it just launched on Tuesday. It comes in three amazing colors, and we're super excited about it. So head on over to our Instagram, at Fawn Design, check it out, and hopefully you love it as much as we do. I know I love it because... It obviously can function really well for a diaper bag, but it's just an all-around great handbag that you can use it for work, school, anything every day. Uh, That's what we try and do with the majority of our products is that they can be used for everything and anything, and this bag is no exception. So head over to either our Instagram or website and check it out. But let's get back to the show. Um, Another big thing that... I think I I can only speak from a woman's perspective um, and from my friends who are women that, um, you know, the, the body image stuff is really hard on social and especially, you know, there's such a boom of the fitness industry on there and workouts and diets and all these different things that it can be really, really tough. And I've noticed a lot of women recently opening up more about body dysmorphia and feeling like they don't even know what they look like and their body isn't what like you know they have these these feelings about themselves that just aren't even accurate and so I think that's um, something really to think about and I have a suggestion as far as kind of consuming uh, fitness content that has um, helped me but I I really don't want to like sit here and harp about all the negative things because I know we all know a lot of these things and we experience them. So I did want to do, I did want to highlight a couple things that I think are good about social media. Let's like have it be a good thing too and then give you some tips or things to help uh, you have a better relationship with it. So I think like one of the biggest things that can be good from social media is It helps you foster relationships and make new friends. I've been fortunate that I feel like I've made a lot of friends through social media. Um, But I also have loved, you know, that it helps me keep up with people that I wouldn't normally run into or they've they've moved far away. Um, I think it helps me feel involved in my extended family's lives. Um, And so I know that I love it for that reason. Another really good thing about it is I think it does help us foster some empathy when people are willing to share and be vulnerable. I think it it does help us like take a step back or listen to the things they're saying or read, I should say, or listen, whatever, and be able to feel for someone that you maybe don't know personally. And I think that's a really positive thing. I'm so big on sharing your story, sharing your experiences, hence starting a podcast, because I just... I think there's so much good in sharing with other people and it can be hard to do, but ultimately you really can help somebody else and just not 
especially not helping them feel so alone. And I know, you know, going back to like me briefly touching on my miscarriage, I do feel like because of social media, I didn't feel super alone, even though I personally, sorry, the loud noise. I personally didn't open up about it. I've been seeing people open up about it and that really helps me a lot. Um, so I think that is important. I liked this too, that I read about people love how social media makes the world feel smaller. And I don't know why I liked that. I think sometimes we can get stuck in our own bubble in our own way, but I love that. Yeah. Social can make you feel connected to someone across the world. Also too, being able to see photos and things like that or other ways of life. It's just, I think it's cool. And it's a, it's a cool thing that can come from it. Obviously it's become such a good tool for education and learning. There's so much information on there. There's so many cool things you can find out and learn about and see, um, and be exposed to. I did want to say though, the hard thing with that in particular is I know something I struggle with is just the sheer volume of information. It can be hard to sort out, you know, what's not even truth, but just like what resonates with me and what doesn't when we're being bombarded with so much information. But I do think it's cool that we have these platforms that do give us a lot of insight and especially to education from people who, yeah, are sharing their experience and we're able to learn from them. So, you know, I always ask the question, do you think there's more harm than good or good? Is it better? Is it more good than bad? And I honestly think my answer would be, I think it's what you make it. And that sounds very cliche, but I do think the intention you put into it and, you know, the, the, the decisions you're making while in these apps is what really determines if these apps are good or bad. And I, I think I would say to me, what I think the key to success with social media is to use it as a tool for self-reflection. And I'm meaning more of that, like as, as a consumer, right? As you're consuming uh, the media on there and going like a step further. Like, what do I mean by this? And I really feel like it's having intention when you're using these platforms and you'll hear me probably this whole podcast journey talk about intention so much, but I have found the happiest I've been in my life is when I've lived a life of intention. And the second I stopped kind of the rat race or just living going through the motions, doing what I think I should do and really taking a step back and being like, what do I want to do? What's important to me? What are my values? You know, and the, like I said, I'm going to touch on that a lot, but I do think with social, especially having that intention is so important to having social media be a good thing and a healthy thing for you. How you can start doing this is asking some of these questions. First of all, ask yourself, why you're on social media to begin with. I think it's really important to get clear about that because that will help you set what your boundaries are. If you're just on there, like, I just like going on there because I'm bored. Okay, like, nothing really wrong with that. But I'm sure people could argue, like, could you use your time better? I think so, yes. But 
you know, are you on there because you want to be connected to your friends and family? Are you on there because you want to be inspired by other people? Are you, are you on there because you love home content and recipes or whatever? You know, obviously your answer could have a billion different things, but I think it's really important to understand why you're on there. And then I think even taking it that next step is why aren't you on there? What are things you don't want to be consuming? What are things you don't want to see? I think that's then helps you know when something, you know, pops up that you're like, this is in my no list. I'm going to swipe on by and move forward and not even read the caption, you know, more than what you already did, you know, move along. Um, I think another important thing is to ask yourself, why do you post? You know, when you do decide to do a post, why are you doing that post? Because I think it's important to do that gut check, that self-reflection of what am I trying to get out of this by sharing this with other people? Um, with my pregnancy, that was a big thing, right? Of and why am I like, when I had times where I'm like, why am I going to share this? What would be the purpose of sharing? I felt like I didn't have a good enough reason outside of, well, it's just, it's easy. It's easy to share. Then everyone will know. But then there, like I was saying, there was this part of me that that felt really intimate and I just didn't feel ready to share. So then by sharing, then I feel like I'm not being intentional to me. I'm not being true to where I was at. And so I think that's really important to ask yourselves, why are you posting that? This picture of you on a trip, I don't know. What are you trying to get out of that? I think it's, we got to ask ourselves these questions and yeah. So why are you posting? What are you posting? Just put a little more intention behind the things that we're doing. Um, going over some, uh, some other ways and suggestions to have a healthy relationship is, um, I think starting out, if you have an iPhone, I can't speak for Android. I apologize. Um, but I know with iPhones, they have the, your weekly reports where it tells you how much time you're spending on your phone and it breaks it down by each app. I think the first thing you should do is turn that on. I think it's really helpful to kind of gauge and see how much time you're spending on anything, really. It's, it's helpful. But the thing I do want to say is do not feel shame about what it reports, especially that first little bit where you're just trying to collect and get a better idea of how much time you're spending on um, Instagram and Facebook and whatever. And then I think from there, you need to decide what amount of time you would like to spend on those apps. Now, notice I said what you would like. I didn't say what you should do, how much time you should spend. And I also didn't give you an amount of time that you should spend. And I think that's, what's really important. This is very individual. Obviously there are people who are influencers and, and this is a big part of their job. They have to spend a lot of time on the app more than, more than most, but you can still put a time that you feel comfortable giving each day to the app. And what's nice about you know, the, the iPhone is that, or I, I'm sure Android does it too. I don't want to, I feel stupid just being like, Oh, iPhone's the best, but that's just what I use and what I know. But, you know, you can actually set those time limits and it, you know, it says 
it has a little thing that pops up that was like, Hey, your time is up for the day. Um, and I, and I, from what I gathered, I mean, that is the bulk of people who have a healthy relationship is they put those timestamps on their apps and that really, really helps them. And I think that's good practice to do with any of the apps that you're using frequently. I also like a lot of people said, um, putting other things before social media, you know, having other apps or things that you like to do, um, helps social media not feel like the first priority, the only thing. So some suggestions along with this that I thought of is make a list of topics you want to know more about or learn about. A couple of mine that I have is I want to learn Roman numerals. I don't actually know them. (laughs) I know we learn them in school, but I actually don't remember them or understand them. So I put that on there. Um, I would love to make uh, eggs Benedict or like more specifically how to truly poach an egg. I would like to learn French. My list could go on and on, but I think having a list in your phone of other things you want to know about. It can literally be anything. And when your gut reaction is to just mindlessly scroll, go and find one of those things and start searching articles or good on Pinterest, you know, and find things about that. And you'll be surprised at how much you'll find and start consuming and how much time you would have spent on Instagram that now you've learned to poach an egg. Um, I did kind of say, you know, learning French, there's like dual, dual, is that dual lingual, lingual? What's that app called? Duolingo, I think. Sorry, I'm botching that. Is a great app that, uh, for language learning, that's a lot more fun. And, um, I have it on my phone trying to learn French. And instead of going right to Instagram, I'm like, let's do 10 or 15 minutes on there. Um, I know a lot of people who are obsessed with it and they love, like, it's really big on like having, you know, X amount of day streaks. And I know people who literally have years worth of like, they haven't missed a day on there learning a language. So I think like doing stuff like that can be really helpful just to do something else. Another thing I did a couple years ago was I got the Kindle app on my phone and put a bunch of books on there. And so instead of going right to social, I'd start reading. And I could not believe how many books I was reading. I mean, so many when I just committed to, I'm going to have that be my first instinct. Anytime I go to get on social media, I'm going to read instead. Like it was crazy how many books I was reading in a week, you know, and I was like, don't feel shame (laughs) around the amount of time spent previously on social. Be, be proud of the change you're making. I mean, this one feels like kind of obvious, but you know, mute and unfollow people that don't make you feel good about yourself. I think we have a really hard time with this. And I think why it is, is because Another unpopular opinion of mine, but you know, the, when people talk about, well, if you don't like something in someone else, it's just reflecting an insecurity you have. And I've always 
really struggled with that because I just don't necessarily think I agree all the time. I'm sure, you know, I know there's wisdom in that in some cases, but I think that's why we hesitate to unfollow people or mute people because I think we're trying to almost like, well, this is clearly bringing out an insecurity in me and I need to get over it or I need to figure out what it is where I'm like, it's just maybe not a good fit. You know, the content they're sharing just maybe isn't a good fit for you and that's okay. So, you know, mute, unfollow, move along. Um, I did like this suggestion that suggestion that came from someone that said that when they're seeing something that from somebody that could feel triggering and if they can't think of something positive from it, for example, they see somebody on a trip and if they can't genuinely go good for them that they're able to go on that trip, she's like, that's my indicator that I need to unfollow. And I thought that was a really good barometer. Um, and I personally, I really liked that. Um, this one I'm hesitating to share because I don't, I, I could see how this could really bother somebody, but I think if you can learn to use social as uh, motivation and more of like a way to dream and aspire, I think it can be really healthy. Mind you, like this, this is definitely not something that works for everyone. You really have to gut check yourself and know yourself. But what's a cool feature in Instagram is I'm sure you know that you can save posts. And I really like that feature. And I've built little albums, you know, of different things of, you know, home inspo, trip inspo, recipes, all these different things like that. And so for me, Instagram especially has become a real tool for motivation and dreaming and, and I like to use it for that way. But like I said, it, that can be a hard one for people. Um, so you've got to know yourself there, but I do think it can be a tool, you know, you see someone on a trip that you really want to go to, add that to the bucket list, you know, add it to something you want to do. And then that can be a good time to think about what do I need to do to make a trip like that happen? I'm such a believer in, you know, you can have anything you set out to do. And I, and I, I sometimes hate saying those things because I know for some people it's maybe not as clear as it is to other people on how to go after stuff. You know, I'm sounding like a broken record, but that is another reason I wanted to do this podcast is I just want to think of things and, and help people find some of those paths that maybe don't feel as clear to them to get more of what they want out of life. So food for thought there, take that if that resonates with you of using social media that way, um, Another thing to remember is to really understand the time and energy that goes into content. I think being a business owner, I've been fortunate to be on the other side of social where I, you know, we do a whole campaign for let's take our fall launch, right? I mean, that's the amount of time and energy and money that goes into that photo shoot. I mean, it's, it's so much. And so 
I think it can feel so hard when you then post and it's like people are seeing this very curated, polished, beautiful photo and product and to not see the time, the labor, the money that went into getting that, you know, and I think we have to really remember that when we're looking at influencers and celebrities and things of they're spending so much time and energy and money to get that content to show to you. It's, it's pretty rare that, you know, everything, the stars align and it's just a perfect picture and everything's perfect and great. Like there's a lot that goes into that. So I do think that's something that you just got to tell yourself and, you know, it's, it's hard to sometimes show those behind the scenes, mostly because too, you're in your grind, you're working. And same thing with being more realistic that I talked about earlier. It's hard to then be like, okay, let's get out the phone and show this realness of how we're getting to this spot. It can be difficult to do that. But I think us as consumers can remember like, okay, this is not what it seems. You know, it doesn't look realistic because it's not, you know, it's sometimes it's really, truly not. It takes a lot of prep and time. I think, oh, this, sorry, I was just, uh, this advice I thought was a good one too, is only have social on a vice and I, oh, sorry, only have social on a device that isn't as accessible. So example, that would be like, have it on an iPad that you have at home. You don't carry it with you. You're not on it as much. I think that's a really great thing. Um, or even being able to just jump on a computer or, um, I know some people don't even have the apps on their phone and they just do it through the browser. So it just, you know, it's a couple extra steps that then it, it really helps you have that moment of, is this how I really want to spend my time on here? Um, the number one piece of advice that I got over and over that I think is so good and something we can do immediately is to actually interact on social and, you know, not just the mindless scrolling. Like if you like, like actually, you know, heart like something, but also to comment, you know, if there's something that you like comment, why you like it, give someone a compliment. Um, I love someone said that they, they try to give positive, genuine, uplifting comments. And that's when they find they get more out of the app. Um, and I know this from my own experience is when I'm engaging with my friends and like, not just, Oh, I love that picture of her like, and move on to comment be like, I love you in this picture. Your hair looks amazing. I love your outfit you know, whatever it is. So proud of you that it just, you feel better. You get so much more out of it. So that's something we can do right away that I think will make a big difference. And I do think the the key there is positive, right? We could talk about, you know, online bullying and all those things all day long and negative stuff. That's a story for, you know, a topic for another time. But I do think if you're putting out positivity, that's what you're going to get back. And I think it's really important. Don't go on social first thing in the morning. I know some, I know some very successful, healthy, mentally good people who that's what they do. And, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, that, you know, you get up, you check Instagram, you whatever, but I'm such a firm believer too on how you set 
the, you know, how, what you do first in the day is, you know, setting the intention for the rest of the day. Like I'm such a big believer in that. If you listen to the skinny confidential podcast, which is amazing, that's something that the host Lauren talks about so much of, she asks almost every person who comes on our show, what's your morning routine look like? Um, cause I think it's, it's so important that you set that intention. And I, I do genuinely believe getting on Instagram, even when you're in a healthy spot is not the best thing to do. Uh, I know for me, I've gotten a little lazy the last little bit, probably cause I'm pregnant, but I do love to get up before my kids and get going and just have a moment to myself. Those are the days that feel the best. And I think that getting on social media, just, I don't know. I just don't like the tone that sets, but I, I do think that's important. Um, this other suggestion that I, I hadn't really thought about is, um, to post less. I don't feel like I post very often, especially lately, but I do like this because it's like, you aren't then obsessing over likes and comments. I know I found myself when I do actually post, I'm getting on there more to check and see what people are saying. And so I do think for someone who's like trying to get a healthier relationship, maybe posting less is, is better for them. Um, I think doing that too, is going back to that. Why am I posting this? What am I trying to get out of it? If it is to get likes and comments and a boost and validation, you know, you might, you might want to check yourself a bit there. Um, let's, sorry. I was like, <laughs> I have terrible handwriting and I was like reading over something where I'm like, uh, that literally makes zero sense. I might've already mentioned this before, but, um, try to swipe quickly past things you don't want to see or consume. I don't know if this is just something everybody knows, but you know, these apps track so much of our behavior. So just because we don't necessarily like or comment, if you're spending time on content, it thinks that you want to see more of that. And so I think that's, it's important that like, if you right away are like, oh, this is not something I want to see or, you know, it feels like a train wreck and you don't want, you know, you want to look, but you know, you should move on, like get in the habit of moving on so that you're not continuing to see things that you don't want to see or be, uh, exposed to. I know that's something I've had to do a lot recently of knowing the things that kind of just bum me out, put me in a bad mood. I don't really want to consume that kind of media right now. I have to consciously be like, nope, moving on, swiping on, moving on. Um, find alternative apps. So I know I mentioned, you know, Kindle and some of those things, but even, um, I think Pinterest is a great app still. I freaking love it. I use it so much still, especially when I think I get sucked into using Instagram so much for creativity and inspiration. I think Pinterest can be used so well for that. And chances are you don't know a lot of the people's content you're seeing there. It's funny how with Instagram, especially, right? We follow our friends, we follow people we know, and we've been following these influencers and things since forever. So it kind of feels like we know them. And 
for me, I actually kind of like that. It's like, I'll see a cute outfit or something on Pinterest. I have no idea who that person is. You know, obviously occasionally you'll see someone that you recognize, but for the most part, it's just, there's so much stuff on there. So I like using Pinterest a lot and, um, I think it's a good alternative. And and this, I was kind of hesitant to suggest this too, but for that same reasoning with Pinterest, I've actually liked TikTok a lot because I don't follow anybody that I know. I'm just seeing all random people all the time. Now, TikTok can be extremely addicting because the, I don't like the content. You can just move through it so quickly, you know? So I do think you got to set a time limit. But I do actually, I've really liked TikTok. It feels a little more lighthearted over there sometimes and less curated, less polished. Um, But I do get sucked in. But I do find a lot of funny content, good parenting content. Just, I like that I see so much and I don't, or just so much variety. And I don't know if it's just because TikTok doesn't know me like Instagram knows me, you know? So, um I'm kind of recommending that lightly, but I do think it can be fun and I do feel strongly of don't like swipe on by things you don't want to see so you don't see it. And I know you can go in, there's like the three little dots on the right side of when you're watching a video and then you can put, you can actually click on that and then go and click not interested, which I do that if it's especially something I'm like, I don't want to see this. Please don't show me this again. So take that. Uh, if you will, uh, I think it's important to follow accounts of just things you're interested in, like hobbies and things, or maybe that can help you find a new hobby. Um, that will help you be more inspired. I think if you're just constantly following people and influencers that like, you know, it's like very lifestyle stuff. I think that's where you can maybe get a little bogged down, but say you want to get into fly fishing, follow some cool fly fishing accounts. I just, I'm saying that because I started to get into fly fishing last summer. And so I did do that. I started looking at fly fishing stuff. Um, specific travel things. I, I don't know if the consensus, 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 that's a hard one. Uh, our hashtags are dead. But I actually really like to use hashtags still for searching stuff um, and finding specific content that I'm looking for. I'm sure you're all like, well, duh, that's what everyone does. But I do think if there's something you're wanting to learn more about, look into, that's a great place to start. So then you're really curating the things you actually want to see and that inspire you and help you feel um, excited about jumping into something. I, I, my notes again, it's like, I have this, like an arrow pointing here that's supposed to go here. So clearly whatever I just wrote was like, not supposed to be said yet. Oh, another thing is I know a lot of people use it so that they stay in touch with family, friends, you know, whatever. And I think what's great about technology, right, is we have so many different alternatives and, um, this might sound old school, but it's like people that you want to be staying in touch with, send them a text, give them a call or do my favorite, use Marco Polo. If you're not familiar with Marco Polo, it's one of my apps I can't live without. I've been a a lover of it for many years. Um, It's a video chatting app that you 
It's it's almost like leaving voice vo- or video voice messages for people, right? And I love it because I sometimes don't have the time or it's not a good time to jump on the phone with a friend, but they can send me a Marco Polo or I can send them. And then when they have a free minute, they can respond. And so I've really liked it for that. I've gotten most of my family on it. My close friends are all on it. So it's, it feels like I can check in and it feels less invasive or like putting someone out, you know, of, Hey, I'm calling you. I don't know. So I do think that can be a great, uh, way to stay connected. If you're feeling like Instagram, you're, you're doing too much of that interaction on there and you want to take it elsewhere. I think those are some good suggestions. Um, I know I mentioned kind of the fitness account stuff, how that can be really tough, but something that has really helped me, I have two things. One is I started trying to follow, um, fitness women who I feel like have a similar build to me in, in the sense of like height wise, um, and even kind of more proportions because I've been, I was finding that, you know, and I know this is true for a lot of women, you follow someone and they, you know, they have a killer body and, and you get stuck in this trap of like, you do their workout or you do their diet and you follow it to a T, but you're never going to look like them. And I think we forget that all of our bodies are different. They're built different. They're shaped different. So even if you follow someone's program, you're not going to look exactly like them. You're not going to look like them. And it's the same thing. I've, I've heard this a bunch on, on TikTok actually with like hairdressers saying, you know, to bring inspo for your appointment. But then they're like, but remember, like, you're not going to walk out of here exactly like this girl. You don't look like that girl. (laughs) You have a different face than that girl. So I think that's really important to consider, especially with fitness content is to, is, you know, finding people who do look like you. But then also I think it does help to like have that mental, like, or that gut check of, I might be able to do her workout and follow it exactly, but I'm never going to look like her. I'm not her. I'm different. And that's good. And that's okay. Another thing with fitness accounts that I think is really helpful is to read their captions. I started doing that more with kind of more women that I feel like my, my build maybe isn't the same or not even that they just, I like to follow them or whatever, but I've read their captions and you realize how much they're talking about their mental health, all these other things. And not just, you know, this incredible picture of their body. And then it's like, you know, cause I think that's what we do. We see this picture, we like it. We maybe don't, we move on, but those are ones where you actually get a lot of depth from these women in their captions. Kelsey Wells is one of those that I love to follow. Um, I mean, her body's incredible. She has an amazing story too. If you, I know she's been on quite a few podcasts and things, you know, but she talks about being a new mom and having postpartum depression and just not being happy and fitness for her became such a journey for her mental health and that his, what's guided her through her, you know, immensely successful fitness career. But someone like her, if you're not reading her captions, all you're seeing is, you know, a very fit body and that can be hard. And there's so many accounts like that, that I found where they just post such good stuff in the, in the captions. So that's another advice with fitness accounts is read the captions. I only have two more things. So I'll hurry it up because it's getting long, but, um, I loved a friend of mine said this to me 
And I loved it because I feel like this is how I view social media, but I couldn't articulate it in words. And she said it and it was so great. Is she said to view social as a marketing tool, even if it's a personal account. Think of it like everyone who's posting, right? They're always going to try and put their best foot forward, whether it's a business or a personal account. That's just what you're going to do. That's just what people are doing. And I think if you can kind of put social in that box and give it that name and understanding that helps it so much of knowing like this is a marketing tool. This is how people advertise. This is how people educate all these different things. But even like I was saying, even for a personal one, they want to show the best pieces of their life, the the prettiest pieces, the most fun, because that's what people want to share. A lot of times we don't want to share the not so pretty parts, or like I was saying earlier, it's hard to figure out how to share that. But I do think putting social in that helps. And I feel like that's how I've always viewed it. And I think I've been privileged because uh, I've had a business or I have a business and I've seen kind of this whole side and I've worked with influencers and, you know, I see so many of these different inner workings. It's made it easier for me to put that in that box. But that's something that you as a consumer can do as well is remember, this is a marketing tool. People are trying to market themselves or their things or their experiences. My last thing is don't, don't be on it if it's too hard for you. I want to like shout that, you know, to you, if you're someone who it's just like, it's just not a healthy place for you and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you anything. It makes you intentional. You know yourself, you know how it makes you feel. You know that constantly you're not feeling good. Don't be on it. Delete it from your phone. Do, you know, do whatever you need to do. And that, that is a thousand percent okay. And it's, you know, you'll probably get people like, oh, I haven't seen you on social. Why aren't you there anymore? And it doesn't have to even be a thing of like, well, you know, you don't have to, first of all, you never have to explain yourself to anyone, you know, but it can even just be as simple as I just was spending too much time on there and I want to be doing other stuff with my time. You know, it's, it's as simple, it's really as simple as that, or, you know, figure out your canned response if that comes up. But I do think it's, it's okay. And I, I want you to feel like you have that permission to just go, this isn't for me. It's not healthy for me. And there's plenty of people I know, friends and family that it's not a safe place for them and that's okay. And I do think it takes a level of strength to not go with the crowd and to just go, you know. I'm not going to do this. Even if you decide to do that, it be a temporary break. You can do that too. I, I know several people who they mentioned this to me that they take the weekend off. They don't, you know, from Friday night to Monday morning, they're not on there. They literally take it off their phone. They delete the apps and then they redownload them. You know, I think those are all good things. And it's just good in general to take a break. You, you'll see so many people, you know, post like, oh, I took a break and, it was so good for my mental health. And it's like, it is, especially, you know, if you have kids, it's something that I, I worry so much about is how much time I'm spending on my phone in front of my kids. You know, and I try to do, but I, I do try to, you know, put the phone away, whatever. And it's just, it's so easy to get caught up and be looking at your phone. You're bored. No one's talking to you. So you're just sitting and scrolling and whatever. And, you know, I'll say it again. It's all to do with being intentional. And if that's what you want to do, great, do it interact, you know, make it be a more positive experience. 
but also be okay with it maybe not being the place for you and that's okay. Um, I think it can be a really positive place and a good tool. It just takes, it takes some time and some, you know, different ideas and hopefully today you got something that you maybe hadn't heard before and I would love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM if you liked any of these, if you tried anything, if you have any other suggestions, I would really love to hear from you all. Thank you so much for listening today and yeah, hope everyone has a happy, happy October. I love October so much and I will talk to you next week.